Hey everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 93. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching, since it's been quite some time since we've talked about that, <laughs> as well as a review of the new film, Nomadland. But before we do that, today we are joined by a special guest. Uh, we have David Wong with us here. Hi guys. Welcome Sorry about his, uh, he's calling from China directly, <laughs> just to let he's, you know. So that is why it sounds like he is talking through a rotary phone. Yeah. But. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pay phone. It's a pay phone, sir. <laughs> it's a pay phone. Just kidding. He doesn't want to be traced. I'm paying by the dime, so, you know. <laughs> he's like, please, there's a coin shortage, please. Yeah. So surprise, we actually uh, take callers now. I know it's a podcast, uh, it's weird, <laughs> but we decided we tried out this episode and it's working pretty we great. We have a separate mic set up on a, another computer with a phone next to it. We don't quite know how v, uh, voice over IP works, so we're, we're just trying this out first. Uh, all jokes aside, David, how, how are you doing there? I'm doing all right. How's everyone? Uh, not bad. Well, I didn't think Surviving. you were going to that. Surviving. <laughs> uh, so, oh, you know. David, tell us a bit about yourself. Let's see. So I actually know everybody through James. We went to Berkeley together uh, doing a film studies degree. Yeah. I haven't really been doing that lately. I trans—I used to work on some TV shows and commercials, transitioned into like data analytics, decided I didn't want to do that anymore, and I'm now doing nursing, which is, you know, very related <laughs> to film. Good pivot. <laughs> Good pivot. You wishy-washy fuck. Jack of all <laughs> trades, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of this. I remember, I remember uh, was it during school you worked on American Idol for a little bit? It was uh, a few months after graduating. That's that probably was, why I don't remember. That was my first job. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Were you driving people around or something like that? It was something weird, right? Yeah, I had to drive people in a giant rental SUV through rush hour traffic in San Francisco. Uh, nice. So now, now I don't care about driving in the Jesus. city anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> he acclimated real quick. Yeah. I did nice. that. Worked on yeah. sets as a production assistant. I, I got to meet some celebrities, like Ryan Seacrest, if you consider him one. Sorry if he listens to this. Um, There's no way. <laughs> I also got to meet yeah, One Direction. Uh, oh on a yeah, that. that's cool. Good stuff. But um, David was always a really good person in school, and he 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 covered me a couple times, a lot of times. Not so much a good person now, though. Just definitely. Yeah, no, I, I was just saying I, I was kind of notorious a lot of times for just kind of knocking out in class or not showing up. And David always logged me in. So thanks, bud. What, one <laughs> so. of my favorite moments from school was like we'd always have our movie showings at night. That was our lab session, and then one summer. Like the AC broke, yeah. and then James would still fall asleep, but he's just like sweating <laughs> in his sleep, and I'm just like, oh my, oh my god, is he alive? Dude, I remember waking up. I think it was a silent film. Was it Red oh, or Mother or something like that? The I think it was Mother. silent Russian film. Yeah. And I remember waking up, and I was just like drenched in sweat. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on in here? Good times. Or I would just show up for like two minutes of a documentary film and be like, all right, later, man. Then I'd leave. Yeah. A lot of times, too. <laughs> then I just start writing your name in. Yeah, you start writing me in. You're like, I already got you. I was like, thanks. Like, yeah, <laughs> save, save yourself the trip. Yeah. It's a real so. one. Yeah, so that's how I got my bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, Welcome. <laughs> uh, David, real quick, what kind of, uh, just, just to get you to know, film-wise on this, what are your kind of favorite films? Films, you know, I'll kind of watch anything. Uh, I guess I'll... Well, to fall to you know action and like blockbusters because yeah. with with nursing I don't really have too much time to watch stuff so I'll just watch the big things. Hey, but that makes sense. I, I've it. also been kind of behind on stuff, unfortunately. No, I mean makes sense. You're a busy guy. You're helping out front lines there. Lastly, too, what it, what would you consider your favorite film then? Favorite film? Uh, I always like telling people to watch Tampopo. I don't know if you guys have seen it, that Japanese ramen movie. They call I it have. instead of a spaghetti yeah. western. They call it a ramen or noodle western. It's just, it's really good, but also like so crazy. I just can't help but recommend it to people. I didn't know that was your favorite movie though. Hey man, I like noodles. Yeah, it's all about the <laughs> ramen shit. Yeah, uh, dang. Yeah, the nineteen eighty five classic. All right, uh, thanks, David. You're going to be joining us today talking about No Man Land. So I think it's uh, should be a fun one. So without further ado, guys, let's get into what we've been watching. Hey, what you watching? Well, it's back. 
what we're watching is here. Like James said earlier, we haven't had it in a very long time. No, we didn't discard it or throw it away or lock it in a basement. We've just been busy doing a lot I think of different since stuff. Since December, we haven't talked since December. What we've been watching? I think so. It yeah, was. We did like the best of that we did. Yeah, fucking dark. I think because I think one of the last things I I know I talked about was Mank, which was released around that time. Yeah, yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah. But we're bringing it back, a little fresh, a little new, doing it a little bit different this time around. We're not only going to talk about movies and shows, but we can bring up books and video games like we have previously. Maybe, you know, see if we've enlightened ourselves by reading any self-help books. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I mean, at this point, dude, at this point, I'm like, do we even read anything, period? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we're, we're trying to mix things up a little bit. It's 2021. New year, new us. Going to come in strong. So with that being said, I'll start with my favorite person. I'll start with Nabil. What have you been watching lately, sir? Or reading? Or playing? Well, I'm just going to be sticking with the same old tired format, apparently. <laughs> so, okay, cool. So, so David, nothing innovative here. what about you? <laughs> cool. Thanks, Nabil. Thanks for switching it up. <laughs> and what speaking about? about old things, I, I started watching Better Call Saul. Uh, it was a show I, it's on uh, actually on AMC still airing, but uh, I've been watching it on Netflix, catching binging through the seasons. I think I'm on season three now. Um, if you don't know, it's a spinoff of Breaking Bad. It's about the trials and tribulations of a criminal lawyer named Jimmy McGill in the time before he established his strip mall law office in Albuquerque, New Mexico in Breaking Bad. And it's just like watching Breaking Bad, only even more funny. <laughs> I think the Bob Kirk <laughs> as Jimmy McGill is great, and I think there's just a lot of good comedy there with him, uh, showing a a guy who's got a lot of can-do attitude, trying to make something work, but also is just you know struggling in life and can't find his way and trying to to make things work the way he thinks it should. Uh, so just a very solid bingeable show, while at the same time just. Nothing where you have to feel like it's too heavy on drama, which I find a lot of shows. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but a lot of stuff that's going on in television, I mean, outside of what's happening in the world, um, just seems to be so heavy in drama that I, I find it difficult wanting to commit myself to watching a lot of shows. What what season are you on, though, Dubil? Season three right now. Yeah. Okay. About like three episodes into season three. Okay, I got you. Because I, I would say for the most part it's like that, but it definitely does take that turn into the dramatic pretty soon. Yeah, for you. I, I say yeah. that's about the season where it really starts. Yeah, to because the fifth really season I believe around. is going to be what like the last season. Oh no, yeah. fifth season came out or sixth season is going to be less. Sixth season going to be less. <clears throat> so you have split in half too. Yeah, you got a ways. So it, it definitely starts getting into more of that Breaking Bad kind of feel. If that makes sense, you'll you'll see. But it, I still think it's a solid choice though. So. Yeah, I Absolutely. still. I mean, even so, even with with the heavy, if it does get a little hand, heavy handed, if it's in, not any worse than what Breaking Bad is, I would imagine still not as, you know, intense as some of the other popular dramas out there right now. You, uh, you shall see. I guess, right? <laughs> I, I think the bill. Yeah. A lot of it has to do, I think, with Bob Odenkirk's charisma as well. Yeah, he just he just has that that flair that he brings that kind of distracts you from the drama, but it's still layered within a lot of like the comedic moments. And even still, some of like the funny stuff is like pretty messed up stuff as well too. Like all all some his down humor. down in the ruts situations. It's just like it's relatable, but it's also something you can poke and laugh at and be like, oh, I've been there, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then another show. Speaking about dark stuff, is a show that I I did finish is one the first. It was only one season so far. It's called Industry. That's on HBO Max. Uh, this show is about. Young bankers and traders, they are making their way in the financial world, um, and this is supposed to take place in the aftermath of the 2008 collapse. This is It's really about you getting right out of college, and these kids are working at this big financial firm, and you're if, if you've, anybody's ever worked in kind of like a, a financial environment or has uh, worked even kind of in a corporate setting, it's, it's with sales. It's very high pace, high octane, you know, ego machismo thing uh you know personalities inside this kind of industries especially where they're at which is kind of on the trading floor um but at the same time there's some really good uh interaction between trying to see how you want to uh move forward in your career and what it takes to kind of survive in that kind of industry and the pressure that they're under you know it delves into 
some drug abuse. It deals with there's a lot of you know uh, there's a lot of sex in there. There's a lot of conflict between the uh, young characters and trying to figure out where they if this is really what they want to do. There's uh, it touches on a lot of different things. I mean, there was there's some suicide that they talk about over here, depression. So it gets very heavy handed on some of it, but at the same time, it's it, the, the story is very um, intriguing. You want, you want to see what happens next. There's, there's a solid piece of drama um, in there, especially with the main character whose name is uh, Myhala Harold. Uh, she plays Harper Stern. She's an American who, this is set in London, and so she's working in a, a, at a London firm, and she's trying to figure out uh, if she can make it in this industry. It's the title of the show. And mm. it's it's very, uh, she, she stands out mostly because she's American, but she's also young and African-American too, so that sets her apart from everybody else. And you kind of... There, I know this set kind of like in 2009, 2010, but they are technically millennials, and you're trying to see how that kind of world they can fit inside and and adapt to the ever changing world with, with like uh, starting to adapt with equality, with diversity in the in the workplace, with equal rights for um, all employee all genders, and um, they kind of touch on all that. And it's I think it's eight episodes for that first season, and there's a little bit of dark humor in there as well so it, it it's it does get very dark humor uh, but it's it's an interesting kind of take on it that that keeps you when they get into the heavy stuff that kind of brings things up a bit more to add a little bit of brevity to it so you don't feel so so down in the dumps um, it's just it's just a very different show it takes honestly it takes a couple episodes to get into because I watched the first two and I wasn't sure if I really wanted to keep watching this but after the third you really feel like you're invested in it and you want to see what happens next. So I, I would say it's definitely if you're interested in a, a bit of the financial world and some of those more uh, serious uh, dramas, but at the same time a bit more technical, this might be good. I'd say probably though for a lot of people it, it would wouldn't appeal to them it, and it may end up being a skip. Whew, yeah. No, I don't know. About <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, Nabil." Yeah, uh, it's it's a rough watch. But it, it can it does get interesting after a few episodes. A- after Speaking dark, Nabil the Bill was just like, I just need more. <laughs> Gotta get my <laughs> fix. Yeah. He's like, let's. F- f- oh man, just hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he woke up to choose it, violence. Yeah, I was like, okay. It sounds interesting though. I, I may yeah. try to check it out, Nabil. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm, Mark, not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. No, I'm I'm not. I don't think it's James's <laughs> cup of tea. I can tell you that no. much. I'm not sure, David, if you're if you're into those kind of shows. I I tend to get to some of the weird more. Especially like dialogue heavy shows too, and this is kind of that. So, okay, yeah. But Marco might like it. Speaking about other shows, James, what have you been watching? No shows actually, just movies. But uh, <laughs> um, changing it I, up as well. I see. Yeah, I got a couple here. I'm gonna skip one of them because I know Marco's gonna talk about it. But uh, I watched the uh, a movie on video on demand. I guess you can say it briefly came out in theaters last year. Uh, called Come Play. And uh, <laughs> like hide and seek, let's go. Yeah, out play. like C O M E. Make sure we got C O M E. What website were you watching this on, James? <laughs> just want, just want to make sure. It's actually here's the synopsis: uh, a monster. <laughs> I know we said we would try different genres and stuff during this, but um, you might be pushing the limit here. This is a, a monster named Larry manifests itself through smartphones and mobile devices, scaring a young autistic boy named Oliver. That's the uh Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> like all right, all right. You're like, what the fuck? Cool. So this uh this kid named Oliver is autistic and he, he communicates through a, a cell phone and basically a a, a demon in, in, infests I guess and starts haunting him and his family. Long story short. Not bad actually. It's it was better than I thought it was gonna be. It's based on the director shot like a short film of it back in twenty seventeen. And then release this version as a full theatrical release, and it's not. It wasn't like the greatest horror film, but it, it kind of scratched that itch I have sometimes for that like not shitty horror, but like somewhat. I don't, the horror movies where you don't really have to, you know. I don't know if this makes sense or not. Where Tolerable. You just turn, yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Where it's kind of like it's ridiculous, but there are some genuinely creepy moments because uh, when Larry is shows up, he's like invisible in the real world and. Kind of the, the concept was actually pretty unique, which I actually liked. And um, I watched this with a friend, like virtually, I guess, and we both had a pretty decent enough, enough time, I think, watching it. So 
I, I don't know if I'd recommend it. I don't think you should buy it <laughs> like I did. <clears throat> well, you guys have access to it. You can see it anytime you want. But um, I would say if it's on Netflix coming up or anything like that or Hulu or wherever it lands eventually, I'd say, yeah, give it a look. It's it's actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And it seems like the director actually is really in tune to like, making horror films. And uh, for the most part, I it, it at least intrigued me to check out his future work. So it's, it's one of those kind of movies. Right on. I get are all these horror movies. God, uh, I also saw a movie <laughs> called Saint Maud, which uh, is exclusive to Epics right now. So I told everybody, if you want to see this movie, the best way to do it is to just sign up for like their seven day trial, then check it out. Because I don't know if Epics has anything worthwhile watching. So uh, this one technically released in 2019, but I think that's bullshit because it was just like a film festival. So it really just released about a week or two ago. It's one of those movies. And it's a uh, it's a horror film from A twenty four, so it's kind of in the veins of, um, I guess you might say, like it comes at night, or oh, any neat. of the other A twenty like Hereditary yeah, or that so, you know. Promising. So it actually, uh, and I don't know if you, we actually, I don't know if you guys remember, we actually saw a trailer for this on one of the movies that you saw, but it got delayed for so long that it's like this is the movie, but it's about a nurse basically who. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, exactly. Her name is, uh, is she really you've piqued like, David's kind of, interest. Yeah, after like a, a failed, uh, she tries to resuscitate someone and they die on her watch, so she kind of converts to Catholicism, like really heavy. And she becomes obsessed with saving like the soul of uh, this lady she's taking care of named Amanda. And it's pretty creepy because she thinks she's getting like messages and images from God to do certain things and at a certain point, she's really taking the sainthood kind of thing where, like, self-inflicted uh, damage to herself and, uh, you know, all that kind of good good times, I guess. And it, it get, there's some pretty gory moments in this film. And the last five minutes are probably why I would recommend to check it out at least. It's kind of horrifying, like, what happens and what she resorts to is what I'll keep it at. But it's shot incredibly well. It has really good cinematography and i like the main character played by morphe clark i haven't really seen her anything before and she seems like she's as the leading lady of a movie she did really well so it's uh if you're looking for that like i said something around the not as good as hereditary but something around that type this is one to take a look at you've piqued my interest on this i I may want yeah plus i mean free just fucking sign up for epics for seven days yeah you had (laughs) me at free i'm like if they got that seven day free trial I'm yeah, all and in. Then while you're while, while you're there, check out Pennyworth too. Um, yeah. and then lastly, I saw a movie because uh, one of my friends told me to watch this because she thought I would like it. She was wrong. It's uh, a movie called Malcolm and Marie. It just released on Netflix. What, like two weeks ago, maybe? Yes, Valentine's Day weekend. I guess. I guess? So yeah, it's about a director right. named Malcolm, played by John David Washington, and his girlfriend Marie, played by Zendaya, and they're basically. Their relationship's tested when they get home from a movie premiere, and they um they have a dialogue sequence for an hour and forty five minutes, basically. And it's a lot of ups and downs, a lot of arguments. I'll say this much: the the acting is pretty on point. It's believable. It's one of those dialogue heavy movies where that's supposed to move the movie along. But I gotta say, pacing wise, it's a little all over the place. And that's not even the reason why I didn't like the movie, because I don't know. I've gotten into arguments with people before, right? And, you know, and uh, I, I don't know if I've ever gotten an argument, been cool, argument, been cool, argument, been cool, argument, been cool, and then argument all in the, like, two-hour period. So that was a little topsy-turvy, and at times it definitely feels like John David Washington and Dyer are just really trying to do monologues and show, like, hey, we can act, you know? It's one of those Oscar Beatty kind of films, and... I hate that kind of shit. Where it's kind where of it's, like hamming in your face. Fuck yeah, dude. Just watch the first 20 minutes and you'll be like, whoa. It's, I mean, watch the trailer and you'll figure it out. You're like, holy shit. And not to mention the biggest thing, of the, the the reason why this movie's rotten now, by the way, uh, is that the director chose to kind of make himself Malcolm. He's a, he's a white dude. He's the same guy that did Euphoria. But he also made a movie right before Euphoria called Assassination Nation. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that or not, but it fucking bombed, and it uh, didn't do well with critics, and he uses... There's a segment in the movie, this isn't really spoiling, but because everybody's talked about this that doesn't, doesn't like this movie to a point, 
And he's using, like, the issue of race to kind of insert himself in there and make it sound like he's bitching about a L.A. Times writer, which, uh, yeah, exactly right. And it's, okay. he's actually calling out the L.A. Times writer that talked shit about his 2017 film. and But then he's flipping it and making it sound about race, which I think, quite honestly, is disgusting to do. And that's why this movie's garbage, and I would not recommend Malcolm and Ray. That sounds like it's going to be watching. a skip for me. So, <laughs> so that's what I've been watching. What about you guys? That's a yikes for me. Yeah, when I, when, I, when I was hearing that, I was like, it can't be that bad. But there's like a, it's like a 15-minute segment. I'm like, damn, dude, just let it go. You know? That's kind of, man, that's kind of disheartening considering that I, I really enjoy Euphoria on HBO. Yeah, apparently wow. that guy's kind of a piece of shit. So. Wow. And he, I guess he doesn't do well to uh, negative criticism. It, it shows. He throws a tantrum. So announcing our next film, we'll be doing Assassination Nation on (laughs) podcast number 94. I'm kidding. Oh, man. Uh, What about you, David? You're uh, you're our guest here. What have you been watching? Uh, Like I said earlier, I haven't had too much time to watch. Cool. Marco, go ahead. What have you been watching? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I I know you've been... You are... I will say this much... All joking aside, David, you are one of like the busiest people I know. It was, it was, it. We, I've been trying to get you on the podcast for a long time, actually. I know, yeah. And but it, um, basically, there were times whenever... where we didn't think you existed, or he <laughs> just kept talking about you, and we're just like, I was like, I have a bro. Fr- I think I James think it, going nuts. Side note, aside, I'm just saying you are a really busy guy, and I'm glad you are on it. But uh, you said you haven't had a lot of time. But what have you watched? Uh, I just saw this new movie. I don't know if you guys heard about it. Tenet. Uh, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. you son of a bitch. We have a fucking bonus. <laughs> don't do this to us again. Don't do this to us again. Uh, I'll just, uh, I don't know if I liked it or not. Someone told me you got to watch it like two more times. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that for a movie. <laughs> but, but it was it was cool to see. Glad I finally watched it. Did I you end up it. buying that, by the way? I did buy it, yes. So uh, Okay. Did you buy it physically or digitally? Physically. That's the way to go for that movie because that's the only way to see the IMAX scenes, by the way. Did you know that? Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did the see digital, it, like, transition a lot. Yeah, the digital version does not transition. Okay. Which is dumb, but okay. Yeah, and then what else did I see? I just saw that new Netflix movie, Outside the Wire, with, what's his name, Anthony Mackie. It was okay. Some good action, some good CG for Netflix. Uh, it's about a guy going into a war zone with an android trying to stop World War Three. Uh, forgettable story, but the action's decent. I was talking to James about this earlier. I I think I've yeah, but did you say you would recommend it though? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well at least you're honest. This is like, action, good. but it's like trying to have a big message on like what, how much is a life worth? Oh god. Know, okay, but, so every movie with an android, basically. Yeah. But then it like the message pivots like right at the end. It's like uh, what? Okay. <laughs> you understand me now, right? It's, when does he pop a, out with the with the metal wings and the machine guns? And this, oh wait, wait, that's Falcon. <laughs> never mind. He has a shield. He comes out of a portal. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. Uh, let's see. I also I've been watching some anime lately. So like, there's Attack on Titan. That's the big one right now. Um, I gotta ask, what season are you on? I am on the latest season, but I'm two episodes behind. I'm probably gonna watch. I'm probably Damn, you caught up, up that much? Uh, no, I caught up last year. Oh, okay. I was about to say. I thought. Okay. And are you liking this new season? I'm liking it, like for the story. It's like kind of dark and depressing. But... Dude, talk talk about dark. The time jump too was oh, kind yeah. of alarming. The seven yeah. years. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then I know a lot of people don't like how they're using a lot of CG now instead of like hand drawn the hand drawn look. I want to like, say they're also using a new studio for the animation, right? It, yeah, it is a new studio. Because um, the the animation from the past few seasons compared to this season. It, I mean, I mean, yeah. There's a seven year gap. Everybody got older too, so everybody, but everyone looks different, like straight yeah. up. Yeah, they so. look so different now. But it's good. I mean, if you've already been following the series, you know, I know you're gonna, be, you're still gonna be watching this new season. Uh, what else is there? There's there's also a new anime called like I'm a Spider. So what? It has a, it's like that big, uh, genre in Japan where they like transport themselves into a like a new world, usually like a game world, and instead of like being uh, reincarnated as a hero. This girl is reincarnated as a spider. <laughs> she has okay. To, like, she has to like. She has to like figure out her life in this new environment, and it like works in all these game mechanics. So it's like I it's, don't know how the hell this would be like a show though. 
it's it's kind of funny. Like the the Does voice it? actress goes crazy in it, and then it also like plays into like her classmates were reincarnated in like the typical hero roles. So you kind of see some of that, which is like not my favorite part of the show. But like her trying to figure out how to like learning her new spider abilities and dealing with that. That's it's entertaining to me. Hey, whatever works for yeah. you, man. Yeah, you is, know and where where are you watching that on? Uh, both of those shows are on Crunchyroll. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and is that everything that you've been watching? Everything. Uh, I've been playing some games too. Uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen, the MMO RPG. Yes, you have been. Yeah, yeah, you've been telling me about that. Yeah, freaking James got me into it, and then he like stopped playing. We never even played it. He left time. me to die alone. He's fucking lying, son of a bitch. He's quite a culprit. <laughs> Just kidding. It's I good. used to play that game heavy back in. Um, uh, God, wasn't was I in college when that happened? Whenever that first came out, with the re-release came out, whatever that came out, so what, like twenty fourteen like or something like that. Fourteen sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So afterwards, then, so I, I played that for a long time too, and that's yeah. a very addicting game. Mm-hmm. It's okay, David. He bought me fifteen, and I still haven't opened it yet. Oh man. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about that one. Sounds like you've been doing a lot of stuff, though. A, a assortment of a tenant anime <laughs> and Final Fantasy. So you're living your stereotype. Thank you very much, David. I have glasses <laughs> too, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I I could I could, I could smell it from here, bro. Uh, jumping in then, Marco. What have you been watching, then, man? Not as much as David. I can tell you that right up front, or, or maybe, but. He's a busy man, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I I saw something on HBO Max, a movie called Judas and the Black Messiah, which came out this year, actually, not too long ago. It's a drama biopic directed by Shaka King, and it stars Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Edwards. So the movie, it's basically a look into the life and legacy of Fred Hampton, who is the chairman of the black panthers chicago illinois chapter and about how he's heavily investigated and hunted down by the fbi who end up placing a mole named bill o'neill who's played by lakeith edwards in uh, order lakeith to stanfield Just lakeith like stanfield sorry mm-hmm. I, I don't know why i called him lakeith edwards sorry mm-hmm. totally messed that up and he's one of my favorite actors right now too and He's pretty much placed inside that chapter to undermine Fred Hampton, who's played by Daniel Kaluuya, and stop him at all costs. I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. I loved it. It's it's uh, quite powerful. It, it shows basically how fucked up the FBI was when uh, they went after Fred Hampton. And it, it dem- it, at the same time, it also demonstrates... All the good social work that the Black Panthers did uh, during their time uh, when when they were like a heavy influence back in like the late 60s and early 70s, feeding the poor, providing education, providing protection from discrimination. And Daniel Kaluuya is just amazing in the role of Fred Hampton. He has a terrific performance. He he embraces uh, Fred's charisma and his perseverance. He fully uh, he fully becomes that Fred Hampton, and you can see in his performance. Like I I didn't even recognize him because of like how great his performance was. Lakeith Edwards also shines. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Jesus Christ! I'm gonna stop that. I swear. He also shines and. He's um, he's troubled in what he has to do in, in trying to basically betray Fred Hampton because he's infiltrating the Black Panthers and he's uh, learning their ideals and what they're doing. And at the same time, he's seeing like all the good that they're doing and he's just kind of like having a bit of remorse of, of having to do this and having to be like fooled by the FBI because they're they're holding a prison sentence over his head and that's how they force him in order to do all the stuff. Um Overall, like I would definitely recommend this movie. I think it's it's definitely worth like the story and the performances, and you you know you kind of get to see like like what because if if you're not aware of it, it's based on true events. So obviously Fred Hampton was assassinated by the FBI. You know, so spoiler there, but I mean it's a real life account, and you kind of see all the events leading up to that, and and what what finally like caused that event to to happen. 
at the same time seeing like all the good that he did in in his short life because i didn't know the guy was only like 21 when he passed away and i'm like Holy yeah shit, that's that's quite young i would say that's my only gripe with the movies the ages of the actors doesn't reflect. same same because when i old yeah yeah because when i looked it up i was like oh man they were quite young yeah, uh, Fred Hampton was 21, and Bill O'Neill was only 17, so... Yeah. And they're playing 31 and 29-year-olds, so I was like, oh, never mind, so... <laughs> but, I mean, if you if you fully forget about that and kind of, like, immerse yourself into the movie, you can, the performances are well worth it, for sure. Uh, Jesse Plemons plays the FBI agent that's set out to, or who's assigned to go after Fred, and he does a pretty... Good job as well too, and uh, Dominique Fishback, who plays Fred's wife Deborah, she also has like a lot of powerful moments in the mo- in the movie. I-, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else, and she does a phenomenal job. So hopefully she gets more work. I would say this is probably like close to like any other biopic, I guess, uh, specifically like uh, Trial of Chicago Seven or Malcolm X, like. If you're anti, into any of those types of films, like a brief look in, in history, even though it's a dark tale and, you know, it doesn't really end on, end on a high note, I think it's definitely well worth it, at the very least, to become, like, more familiar with the person and with the story. Um, but, yeah, uh, aside from that... Quick thing, I, I saw it, too, just so you know. this is the Oh, that's right, James also saw it. I, uh, I liked it, too. That. I liked it a lot. Like I said, the only thing I really had against it was the age difference is insane, but, I mean, I get it. And yeah. uh, a side note on this: this is only available for 31 days. I think it came out uh, two weeks ago. Oh, so yeah. I mean, if you want to see it for free and you have HBO Max, watch it sooner than later. Because if not, I mean, this is probably going to have some Oscar buzz on it too. So if you want to spend, you know, not spend ten bucks or something down the line to rent it, watch <laughs> Do that it now. Free trial. Yeah, or just watch it if you have HBO Max. Like they've been pretty. Like for instance, like Wonder Woman's already gone and. Um, uh, the little things I think only has like another week, so like all these movies, like check it out. So they're all gonna disappear. So yeah, because if you guys haven't heard, like HBO is gonna be doing this where they're gonna release like two or three big movies every month, and it's only gonna be for that like thirty day period, thirty one day yeah. period, and then they're gone. Yep, so. and like for instance, like this Friday is like Tom and Jerry. What to do? But you know, so <laughs> that's exciting. Start racking up those fake email accounts in order to create multiple accounts. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> do you think or it'll maybe be as good it. as Wonder Woman? <laughs> uh, damn it! Fucking Tom and Jerry's probably gonna be better. To tell you the truth, <laughs> oh, I got a storyline. Actually, oh, uh, sorry, Marco. What else you been watching? No, no, that's fine. Uh, I also caught up on a little bit of Fargo. I started season two on Hulu, the crime drama that's based on the movie of the same title. And this this season is off to actually. I'm like eight episodes in, so I was gonna say it's off to a great start, but it's it's a really really good follow up to the first season. It's actually like a prequel to season one. It takes back a, f- a couple of decades before the events of the first season, and basically a couple finds themselves in trouble when a, the wife runs over the son of a crime family syndicate in order to cover their tracks while the syndicate and they well, they try to cover their tracks while the syndicate and the police hone in because they're both like investigating like the same crime. Um, I think it's well acted and uh, it's got an excellent portrayal of tension. I think so far, like the show does a good job at sort of emulating that feeling that the Coen Brothers gave like the the original movie, where it's like it's funny at times, but also some serious shit is going on at the same time. And and the tension buildup is is definitely real. This season stars Jesse Plemons. Hmm, like I saw too, Jesse Plemons. God, meth Damon everywhere, bro. Movies, Uh-oh. I know. <laughs> it also stars Kristen Dunst, who I haven't seen in anything in a very long time, and also Patrick Wilson, who plays Lou, who's the father of Molly from season one. And if you've seen the show, that makes sense. If not, well, you'll know when you see the show. But. I can definitely recommend this show, especially if you're like a fan of crime drama, if you're a fan of any of the Coen Brothers' work, because um, they they're executive producers on the show too. So like it it gets like some of their feel to it in the show. And every like I'm I know I've only seen like a season and a half, but the the performances and the acting are just so good. I can't stress that enough. And the cinematography I talk about that a lot here because I love that shit. Is just so well done. Like. 
I don't know like where they find these guys, but they're able to get such great shots, and it just it just adds more to the ambience of of the of the show. So if you're into that kind of stuff, I can highly recommend it. Why do I keep thinking you've man? I feel like you've been watching Fargo for like four years, man. I thought you already <laughs> caught today, dude. That's why I was like season so two. Did I, to be honest. I'm, dude, I'm, I'm trying to catch up to like yeah. yeah. There's like four seasons, I think four or five seasons. And I'm just trying seasons. to catch up, but I mean uh, it's it's very sporadic. Like I'll like I started. The first season, and then I stopped, and then it continued, and then same thing happened with the second season. You know, when we have to marathon like three seasons of a show, I'm like, I got to put some stuff on pause. So, aside from that, I've also been playing some Call of Duty Cold War with some of my homies. James is one of them, and Nabil sometimes. So I've only played once with Nabil. So, yeah, I've been playing on my Xbox One. They're playing on the new generation because I'm a little left behind, but. That's okay. I'm PC, I'm baby. PC. I'm PC, oh, yeah. baby. What you talking about? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Crazy, these guys. PC oh, Master Race. Excuse, excuse me. Excuse me. So, yeah, we've just been wasting a lot of, you know, late nights. I mean, up, yeah, trying we to, play, trying I play to level tw- up. I played 24 hours of it last week. Not a big deal. I mean, whatever. <laughs> this is probably why I can't watch TV shows, but whatever. Yeah, I was up till like 2 in the morning last night playing. You know, no big deal. So, yeah, that's all I've been watching and been playing. Good stuff. So we got a mix of everything here. So uh, let's move on now to our main review of Nomadland. You are one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am. I know. And they sometimes call you nomads. My mom says that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just... Houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher. It is a tough time right now. You may want to consider early retirement. I need work. I like work. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to Badlands Spa. What the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. Hey, Fern! Gotta make the hole bigger. (laughs) I think Fern's part of an American tradition. Oh, he's gonna come right through the glass. My dad used to say, what's remembered lives. I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering. All right, so No Man Land is currently sitting at a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. This was released uh, at the Venice Film Festival first off in September 11th, 2020. But it had its uh, main uh, wide release just uh, Friday on the 19th in limited release in theaters and uh, exclusively on Hulu. I'm pretty sure we all watched it on Hulu. All right, so uh, the IMDb descriptions is after losing everything in the Great Recession, a woman embarks on a journey through the American West living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. Uh, This is directed by Chloe Zhao. She did The Writer in 2017, and she's doing the upcoming Marvel film Eternals uh, this year if it decides to come out. And this is based on the book by Jessica Bruder and written by Chloe Zhao. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, first off, there's a bunch of characters in this. They're actually played by actual nomadic people. So I, I, the main two people really are Francis McDormand is Fern, our main uh, protagonist here, and then we have David Stoythern who plays Dave. As a blanket statement too, there's really nothing to spoil here. I don't know if you guys believe me or not on that, but we're not going to have a spoiler yeah. warning. I don't think there's anything to really spoil about it. It's got a um, thin plot, so you really can't spoil much. It's yeah. more about the what what they're showing in the film than it is about the plot. Okay, put your put your shorts back on, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I said Dave because the thing. Okay, Dave, hard when the, the Bill's talking, he's like, <laughs> "I'll show you plot." Uh, Bill, let's start with you then. We're gonna Jesus. start a new. We're starting a whole new format here, trying to streamline the shit. We got a lot of complaints about the yay nay shit, so we're not gonna say it for this one. So, um, Nabil, starting with you then, since you spoke up first, what were your thoughts about this one? Just a few sentences overall. I thought it was insightful, just the idea of being a nomad and what that lifestyle is. Yeah. I feel that the film itself was more, you know, definitely an art piece in just showing the way that some people are living and the choices that have been made. Yeah, uh, or been forced upon them even um, in this life, and um, I also think that it's it is a very different way of portraying, you know, p- 
pain and, and depression in a certain way, uh, and even grief in, so, in some instances, without this film trying to be buttoning up everything into to the same old tropes of your expectation of seeing a lot of these films is that you're going to expect them to do something and then everything's going to go a different direction. And this is just very much about Fern, Frances McDermott's character, and the way she just chooses to live her life. And I thought that was a very refreshing take. It's it's very different than what you would expect in um, a movie that would be maybe set in this way. Yeah. Uh, David, what about you? I... Yeah, I liked the movie. I thought it was beautiful. It was depressing. And, you know, I work in a VA hospital. So it really, I worked with a lot of homeless vets. Yeah. And so I, it, it reminded me of them a lot. And it, you know, put them in a new light for me. Like, she, she says she's not homeless, but, you know, she's living in a van and it's showing her struggles. But also, they're not really struggles for her. It's like how she wants to live her life. And I really appreciated that. Nice. Uh, what about you, Marco? Yeah, I, uh, I agree with a lot of what, Nabil and, and, and David said, and actually specifically, I, I appreciate a lot of what David just said right now because I, I never really thought to look at it that way. I, I felt like it, it was more like a, a snapshot in the lives of, of modern nomads and what they're what they're going through and how they're living their life. I never really expected the movie to actually have Fern, you know, discover something or, 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 or do something and, and figure it out. It's just sort of her trying to I guess find her way and, and sort of try to survive after you know going through dire straits. At the same time, like I I felt the movie was was good. It wasn't I don't think it was it was great. I I felt like the performances were really good. I think Frances McDormand what did an amazing job. She actually even like immersed herself into the nomadic lifestyle as well. Like she lived in a van for I think a couple of months. Until she like couldn't handle it anymore, so that was good. Cinematography was great, but at at the same time, like there was, I felt like there was also like just something missing from the movie. I don't know what, like just like don't get me wrong, yeah. it's a good movie, but it just felt like like I that ninety five percent Rotten Tomato score. I I don't agree with that. I would probably give it like an eighty percent, but um, it was still good. You know, overall, great performances. Um, the story was very simple. Nothing like that really like stood out or anything. So, yeah. So say, is it missing um, a plot? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I mean, was... in the tra- in the traditional sense, all jokes. I'm not even joking. Like anything else, by the way, Marco. Before I jump in. No, no. I think you you hit the nail on the head. It was it was basically just missing like a, a straight up plot. It was just sort of like a yeah. series of events. It's it's one of these films. I'm I'm gonna go to David here. David, this reminds me a lot of when we were studying film and we watched a lot of these character piece movies where it's just a slice of life kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And it doesn't exactly follow the traditional like rising and falling of action where you, you know, we start with a character rising action climax falling uh whatever then end right. And this one is more of a it's a it's a very slow burn. I I enjoyed it for the most part. I didn't love it, but I liked it if that makes sense and yeah it was it's one of those movies once again this is a really oscar baity film like goddamn this check marks everything right <laughs> like everything so it's one of those movies that i think it has a lot of quiet moments in it which are just kind of um i think to show like just going off of what nabil said like there's a lot of loneliness and depression in this movie and it shows with her like how like she can't accept getting back into like society, but by the end as well, you know. And it's one of those things where you just kind of see her and how she like. It's like a year, right? I think the yeah, whole thing about a year. Yeah. And it's basically just kind of watching her go through these motions and what she has to do and the struggles, like the truck break or the you know the van breaks down and what do you do then and how it is to interact with family during this kind of stuff and it, it's it is like a stranger lifestyle, I guess, and it just. To me personally, it's just kind of sad because it's like you're always on the move. You you don't, but I mean, a lot of them like that, right? And they kind of say that, like, oh, it's like you're de- like the guy at the end tells her, like, you never say bye, and you know you're gonna see them down the line eventually. And I don't know, but to, maybe to them, but to me, I was like, yeah, this is that's that's sad as fuck, though. So, yeah. and that's one of the things, James. Like, it, it is kind of sad, but at the same time, like, it's the lifestyle she wanted to choose. I don't. Yeah, I w- I was hindering on the fence on whether or not it was a a a choice or whether she was backed up against the wall. It was kind of like a mix of both. 
to be honest. I think it was because... both. Yeah. So if we're going to jump into some stuff here, I think it's because she, after the Amazon job, it's getting hard for her to find work, right? And that's where her friend tells her, like, there's a guy that tells you, like, how you could basically live for free and, like, the nomadic lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think, like, it's intriguing to her. So that's why she decides to, like, move forward with it. And I think, I, I, I guess, in a way... She probably has other options. I mean, Dan, she does have options. People are she, like, she does because she was sisters, like, yeah, you know, there was like that, that and the fact this, that she was yeah. a substitute teacher too. And I'm like, you can live pretty good on a substitute teacher salary. I mean, I've looked it up. Two, so. I mean, it depends where you go, I guess. But uh, I'm mean, especially where she's going. I mean, like to a point, maybe. I, I, I guess that's yeah. what. That's why I, I feel like, it's more like a choice. Yeah. yeah, which which I understand it's a choice, but. And I, I like that. There's, like, scenes where, like, she's just, like, going through nature, and I think a lot of those shots are really nice. She's, like, the scene where she sees a tree and looks up and and then goes to the beach where I thought she was going to kill herself for some fucking reason. I was like, is yeah. she going to kill herself? <laughs> Jeez. Anybody get that vibe? Because her friend told her, like, I know how to kill myself if I have to. And I was like, okay. Then I was like, shit, is she going to kill herself? I was no, I, I saw I saw more like she was just trying to kind of see more because of because of that conversation she don't want to miss out on anything kind of like like her friend swanky was trying like not to yeah yeah that's kind of how i saw it i'm sorry david what were you saying i was thinking like you know she wants to keep exploring and like moving around and then she like literally hits the edge of where she can go at that point so and then she like leaves right after that that's true because david uh tells her like hey do you want to live with me and because he tells her he likes her and stuff yeah and i guess she's kind of scared of it at that point it, 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 I guess this is a little in spoiler territory, but when you find out a little bit more about her, uh, like from her sister, and she's like, "Yeah, you just you left as soon as you were able to. You never like made it, her come off like she never wanted to be tied down." Oh, well, then that's uh, yeah, you know, the scene near the end. So that kind of kind of shows <laughs> you, I guess, like a that hey, this is like this has always been her lifestyle, technically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I think that was like a choice, right? I, for for specifically that she could have gone the route with like being with Dave, but. Uh, instead thought, you know, because she had that life. She was with her husband and, you know, what happened happened. And now she's kind of living her life now. And she, I mean, there's a lot of sense of stubbornness, if anything. Um, Not not for a bad or good or anything. She just, you know, this is the way she wants to live her life in a certain way and doesn't want to have to conform to societal norms. Um, She lived that life. She did the corporate thing. And, you know, she even stayed after um, everything had gone down over there until the the town was dissolved, and then you know now she's just kind of figuring things out. She hasn't planned it, and is kind of trying to adapt as she goes about it. But yeah, it's not necessarily like she's looking for like a relationship, or she's looking for a perm- like you said, James. She's not looking for a permanent job. She's just trying to get enough money to get her to keep keep to the next keep her moving. Yeah. yeah, to keep her going. I will say too. Um, you were talking about like how this film is kind of Oscar baity. I I will yeah. say that if if Francis McDermott was in this film, I don't know if I would have given this film a second look. Um, she kind of fits she, this role really well, right? Yeah, she's like the selling point of this. Like she's, I think if there was any other actor that was playing this character, to be honest, they would either overact it or try to oversell it. You know, she's she's in this film very subtle on her mannerisms. You know, she's got the slight smile when people come by, and she's you know they all seem to like her, and it could come off as disingenuous and sometimes somebody imagining being somebody in that position versus you kind of feel. All the emotions that she's kind of going through and the lack thereof as she has it. I mean, the scene where uh, Dave had breaks the plates and she gets angry. Somebody may have taken it a different way and, and really gone full-fledged shouting and upset and everything. And it was very much like a, a patient That was kind of like a heartbreaking scene, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because the, it was her father's plate. She she explains it uh, earlier on to the her friend, like, oh, my dad left me these and like they're right. so nice and this is my, my treasures and then dang dave just no, fucking no, bill i i hands down agree though that that is francis mcdormand is hands down the reason why i i even remotely enjoyed this movie more than anything oh, yeah. i, th- I think you, down, you yeah. know that her her performance is perfect for this role and she man she's just such a talented actor that i agree i don't think anyone else could have pulled it off like she did what what did you guys for the most part then what what what, what didn't work for you then starting with you marco like what you said something's missing, right? Do you do you not know exactly what's missing, or was it just maybe the the plot of it being so free? Um, 
part part of it is is the plot being so free. Another is just that. I, I guess, you know what? What I, I, is it? Is the movie wanting me to to feel bad for for the nomads, or is it trying to just show like, hey, this is their lifestyle? Because like from the conversations that they had around the campfire, and from like the small little I guess snippets where they're kind of like people talking, kind of like an interview, they're ju- they're just saying that this was their choice. That yeah. you know, oh, I, I lived yeah. the corporate life, like Nabil was saying. I did this, I did that. And now I just want to be free. So it was, I, I was more kind of intrigued as to what emotions this movie was trying to elicit from me. Like I was confused. I was like, what did, mm-hmm. like, should should I, should I just be like, oh, okay, so nomads exist still in in a modern fashion, and this is a, a lifestyle that they live at, or should I be like feeling bad, you know? And it's just like. I wasn't really sure like what string it was trying to tug because yeah, a lot of them went through hardships. Like she, you know, had her van get busted. She had to pay a lot more than what the van was worth and stuff. But at the same time, it was like her choice. Like, like we mentioned, she, bring, she, yeah, she, she had brings her sister. It up. She brings it up about the van though. She's like, I can't just replace this. I put so much time into right. into No, yeah. It's my, it's like, she's basically trying to be like, it's my home, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and she she had the you know she had the option to go back to society if she could or if she wanted to either via Dave via her sister or using what what life skills she's she's achieved so it, it seems more like she wanted to just do this because uh, she didn't want to be tied down like Nabil said also like she just wanted yeah. to be free so it was just sort of like so what am I supposed to be feeling here type of type of thing you know so yeah, yeah. that's kind of like why I yeah. was like. Okay, it's it's good, but like what, like what are you trying to say? Type of yeah, thing. definitely. Uh, David or Debilla, do you guys have anything on that yeah. didn't work for you on it? Yeah, jumping off what Marcus said, they, yeah, I wasn't sure what their message was, and then they kind of throw in that grief like talk at the end, which it makes sense with the, within the context, but it's like throwing that in that. Like, mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Also, I did I did think it ran a little long. It does. It does. I know it's only what two hours long, hour fifty something maybe. Yeah. But it's still like because it's such a slow burn, it's almost like man, hour and a half would have just been a fucking sweet spot on this yeah. movie. It's like half the yeah. time you're watching her alone with like beautiful Boxing stuff. Sc- yeah, beautiful scenery, but it's also it's like you know I've seen this. David's like, do we need to wa- do we need to see her clean puke off the toilet for the thirteenth time? <laughs> 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 I get it. I've been there. Oh man, was yeah. it puke though? <laughs> Yeah, I was telling Marco. What, so. what the dude walks in and she's like, we're close. I was like, I think that's a real guy just taking a piss. <laughs> He's like, shut up. Uh, I'll say this much. I think I agree with you guys. The message is a little garbled on it. I think there's something about the loneliness of the road, but how that is also what strengthens these people. And for the most part, it's it's one of those things that it's it's quietly beautiful is how I would describe this movie. But that's about what didn't work for me. I mean, it... it it's it's one of those movies that I don't even know if like a second viewing would make you like it better. Maybe just one is enough. But um, Nabil, did you have anything that you didn't like about it? I mean, really, it's the same. It's just like I said at the beginning, yeah. the the plot really was what was yeah. missing. But I mean, if it's if you're you know if it's a film about much ado about nothing, then it's a very good tale on that. Just it's a snapshot in somebody's life, right? Yeah, slice but, of life. Just see, yeah. just like an experience, especially like. You guys were all saying like it's something that we're not familiar with, so obviously this is something to kind of immerse your, the viewer into. Like, hey, this is how this lifestyle is, or right. at least at least that's how they portray it. I think it's a, there is some criticism about how it's actually portrayed on here, but it worked for me of how they're showing it. But um, yeah. did this remind you of any other movies that you've seen before? For me, I, truthfully, if if I'm just gonna go off anything like a like a character study kind of film, I would say that it reminds me a little bit of The Wrestler, I guess, at times where it's about a character and Plot-wise, not a lot happens, but it's just kind of like you see them run through the actions, I guess, is the only thing that I could really think of. Yeah, I'd say it's in that realm of that, yeah. or even one that we've done on this pod, Sound of Metal, where it's just, like you said, it's just yeah. a, a look in the yeah, life of sense. someone and, and the events that lead to to their experiences and everything like that. But I, Actually, more so, it probably reminds me more of Sound of Metal, truth be told, yeah. now you brought that up. But see, at least that, that movie, at least it did a better job i think at like clarifying like the like the message or like what it what it wanted you to feel mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree uh to build uh david you guys anything else on that or i think we've pretty much talked about message wise that's why so i thought it was an interesting take on like poverty like a side of poverty that movies 
just don't really show. Like, we used to seeing it in the city. This one, yeah, you know, yeah. On the road. It's like what happens if a whole city basically disappears off the map and the people are left behind, right? Yeah. And kind of what she's maybe forced to go through, or not even forced, she chooses to do that because she thinks it's the best way of survival and living life and all that jazz, right? So I guess in a way, but kind I of looking at the bad side of capitalism too, because of the yeah, fact that the town was right. owned by a company, you know? Yeah. And they even bring it up. She's like, because she talks to like her, I think brother-in-law or someone, and he's talking about how he, I think he's a real estate agent, right? Yeah. And she's like, I don't like how you're doing that. Da da da. But I think also it's it's kind of leaning into um, the idea of specific because you know this is obviously based in America, so talking about how the U.S. doesn't really take care of its elderly and that kind of sect of people you know the older you get they don't have a lot of recourse i mean there was her friend uh that she made over there um linda i think is her name mm-hmm. she was she she makes a, a point of having a conversation about how she going on social security gets about like 550 a week or something like that and talks about how you know she worked for a very long time since she was like 14 full-time and all this and now she just you know She's got nothing that's gonna make her be able to. to I gotta, I, I gotta bring this up though, Nabil. Is it because maybe the? I mean, it's that culture though too. I will say this much: it seemed like they were all white people in New England. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know that was on the tip of my of my nose. Also, <laughs> I gotta I bring just... it up because other people, I've, I've, other people brought this up too. It seems like it's a predominantly Caucasian lifestyle. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I think from any, all of our, I think hell, I'm all glad four you brought of our, this up, Jake. All four of our uh, backgrounds: um, Marco's Hispanic, Nabil. We can't bring up what you are, but David's uh, Asian, <laughs> and then I'm mixed. But all four of us, I think, are from backgrounds. By the way, Nabil's Indian. And, you know that, well, that that's, that's the thing, James. But I is, think we're all from backgrounds where we our our cultures take care of our elderly. No, I would not say. just that, but I think if they just would have showed different demographics of people, like I think that probably would have added more to kind of see like this is like more of a national thing. It seemed more like a, a it's like more centralized in an thing. area, exactly. Yeah, and I, I was yeah. just like these people, like again, like I'm not trying to sound mean or judgmental or anything like that, but I'm like a lot of these people that that they were showing in there had skills that they could utilize to to do you know other things in life and and. Yeah, they probably have to work the rest of their life in something, but they wouldn't be living, you know, out of a van. That's why I'm saying it's it's a choice for them, and that's why like which I adds that's more where to the that well, adds what do you your, like, feel. Yeah, that I agree. I agree. I, I'm sorry, Nabil, I cut you off. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I mean, I would I would agree for a lot of them that it is a choice, but I don't know if necessarily. So, you know, like for for this instance, you know, the town that they were in, and I think it was in Arizona Emp- mm-hmm. or Nevada, it was Empire, right? Yeah, that Empire, Nevada. The, it was a sheetrock company that went down after the housing crisis, pretty much, you know, after the Yeah, the they were, like, the number one distributor at one point, right? I right. Believe. Yeah. And then and now it's non-existent. And that's just one slice of America. But there's also, think about, like, people that are in the coal industry uh, and then other, other kind of, like, the, you know, mining and even some factory-type work where this whole towns are built around this this factory or this company or, or whatever it might be. Or and then like once farming they go under, the bill where it's primarily like minorities that are doing that stuff too. You know? Right. Oh, I mean, but sure. Money. But I don't think farming has the same kind of instance of the collapsing in the same way. I and mean, it's just like a it's weather always, It's always needed. From, so it, it's the yeah. stuff that's not needed eventually. So right. Eventually it kind of gets, yeah. it moves off. And so with those industries, they collapse. Those cities start dissipating and people. Yeah, of course try to find other jobs and move into other places. But for some people, it's it's not as easy, um, if, especially if they've been doing it all their lives and they're older and they don't have a lot of family to take care of them. You know, Fern has at least a recourse. So for her, it is a choice. But um, a lot of people don't. And so this is kind of them trying to make the best of a bad situation. And then, yes, they do adapt to the lifestyle and find that it is something that they prefer to live on. But I still think that it does speak to, you know, a slice of America that does get a bit, um, it goes unnoticed. I mean, David especially was just talking media, about... The, especially media-wise. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, David was just talking about the 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 people he works with at the VA that, you know, come in as homeless. And I don't necessarily think that everybody's choosing... To, that he that comes over there to to be the living the lifestyle that they have and you know there's not a lot of options for some people and and 
you know, luckily these people have, I mean, it's almost kind of cultish in some instance where they found yeah. somebody <laughs> to go to yeah. that yeah, can kind of guide he them through. He is our messiah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Bill Bob. But it's it's still them trying to find a way to, to be together um, in, a, in a tough situation. And then also, of course go their own ways to find themselves and then you know, i mean at least again. at least they're they're doing this because they're like you said they are alone there's no one else they like mm-hmm. a lot of them have lost family and stuff like that i mean because yeah. they're and you look at the flip side there's people living in poverty that you know have families and stuff that they got to take care of too so yeah i right. think it's just kind of like that's part of the thing that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way too it was just like well you know there's there's a flip side to that too you know it's not yeah it doesn't fit i mean it doesn't fit the mold for everybody everybody's obviously got a different situation but i mean for these people that are alone and don't have any option really especially or family to fall in back to in some instance that you know it's still a difficult life to live it's not like it's going to be something that they can just easily adapt to especially when you're going against society you're still going to be an outsider you know yeah i agree Uh, let's wrap it up here, guys. Uh, if you have anything else to say, but I would like to get into our new rating scale here, which we kind of premiered with the Dark Season 2 episode, where you guys did not understand what I meant. I'm just talking A plus through F, <laughs> just like if you're like a fucking paper, like you're just like, hey, I don't know, like a B, I don't know. Uh, we'll start with you, Nabil. Uh, No Man Land, what do you rate it? Yeah, I give it a B plus. Nice. Uh, David, what do you give No Man Land? Man, I was going to say B plus two. You guys can do the same. It's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I give it a B plus. All right. And Marco, what are you giving Nomadland? C plus. All right. And I am going to give Nomadland a B. All right. So that is our review of Nomadland. Um, overall, I think uh, we'd recommend checking it out. This is one of those that I believe is going to stay on Hulu the whole time. So check it out if you have Hulu. Yeah. Uh, if not, once again, just use that, um, you know, that free trial. Check it out. Because uh, well. it sounds like this one is the front runner for Best Picture at, as of right now. So uh, it's won the most awards as well. If you're on a, a rewards tracker, like some crazy people are. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't forget about like Godzilla vs. Kong. That's coming out soon. Well, so sir, yeah, that, is, hit, that is for the 2021. <laughs> it's not anything. It has a cutoff by February 28th, I believe, to qualify for this year's Oscar. Okay. So Wonder so, Woman is still on the running. <laughs> so, is, so is Sonic, baby. Let's go. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. So thank you for listening. Thanks for all the feedback, response, views. I want to thank uh, David for joining us here. I hope it wasn't uh, too hard on you there. Sorry, I used a lot of dimes, so. <laughs> I was going to say, I can I hope tell his quality <laughs> has fluctuated is what I'll say <laughs> throughout the uh, like, can you, can podcast. Can you Venmo me, please? <laughs> he showed us his setup beforehand. A lot of satellites in that room. <laughs> very sketchy very it's hard, sketchy it's hard to get the signal through all the foil on my seat cigarettes non-stop just like a chain smoker he's actually doing an Asian squat as he is recording as well gosh I I said hey grab a chair he said why when I'm already comfortable and I said my bad so this, this um, was college for me guys yeah. <laughs> non-stop racist jokes <laughs> only because I used my half Filipino sense to say it wasn't racist. <laughs> That's the only way I got away with it. They're like, whoa, is that guy bugging you? I was like, hey, hey, hey. We're practically brothers, okay? <laughs> Fucking back off. Maybe you're being racist. I will say. No, real talk, though. Thanks for uh, joining us. Oh, yeah, I really had a good time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, hopefully yeah. you get to come on again, David. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you're, or, you know, just take over for Marco. That's fine. Just okay. Take spot. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, I'll we looked at the equipment. demographics and having someone a little more Asian helps out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not joking. Just kidding. Anyways, Marco, tell me how they can reach us. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MoviePalsPod. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio or Stitcher, hit that subscribe button. You know you want to, and you'll never miss an episode. Also, please, please, please rate us and review us. I don't know what happened. Someone attacked us, and we're down to 4.5 stars again. I'm this is an atrocity. Punch the fucking wall right now. Shoot. We need we need to change this. I I need David to go make like 50 fake accounts right now with his equipment. <laughs> and oh, sorry. that was me downvoting. 
<laughs> he's like, I fuck these guys. He's like, keep, jo- keep joking about my accent. Well, you know. <laughs> what accent? <laughs> but yeah, help us get that back to five. Uh, steal your parents' phones. Just log in to Apple Podcasts. Gonna and do this again, huh? Hit five stars. <laughs> write a quick review. We're not doing the yay or nay anymore, so you're going to have to actually type something. I apologize. Maybe leave fault. a fucking review. I don't know. Maybe yeah, the algorithm exactly. will help us out. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep recommending shows, movies, or video games, or books now to us, and we'll make sure to check them out. All right, so uh, tune in to next episode, guys, episode number uh, 94. We're going to be doing the Apple TV exclusive film Cherry, as well as the Disney Plus premiere film Raya and the Last Dragon. So until then, this is James and Marco. And Nabil. And David. Have a good one.